Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it. He is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J. Rose Podcast. Welcome aboard. My fellow Earthlings, greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? Everybody feeling okay? Feeling well? Upbeat? Angry? Disappointed? Bitter? Frustrated? I'm sure it's a wide range of emotions, and guess what? This podcast is pretty much going to be the same. So fasten your seatbelts, and if you've come to listen to everything that I have to say, what's going on in the sports landscape, we've come to the right place to listen to it all here on the J Reels Podcast with your host, J Reels. For my first-timers, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to this content. And for those who've been banging with me for now 135 episodes, I welcome you guys back. It is a Monday, June the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. Time just keeps on flying. I feel like from week to week, it almost feels like seven seconds, let alone seven days that passes by to produce and host these podcasts, but we're going to give it a good one this time around, so get ready as we get right into it. The J Reels What's the Deal segment, what's expected over the next hour is as follows. Conor McGregor retires again. Is that a surprise? Who knows? I'll get into that a little bit later on, as well as Max Kellerman's hockey comment saying that the 20,000 fans in each of these cities that represent in the NHL are pretty much season ticket holders and the only fans in those cities. So you know I'll have my two cents on that, as well as what's happening with Major League Baseball. They're on the clock. July 4th looks like it's not going to happen, considering that the players and owners are that far apart. I believe there will be a baseball season, but who knows how many games it remains to be seen, as well as the NBA and NHL postseasons looking to kick off. Down in Orlando for the NBA and the NHL are still undetermined as to where the two hub cities will be hosting these playoffs, which will start somewhere in the week of July 24th through the 31st. A lot to get into. Full disclosure, I'm in a very feisty mood today. For people who know me, generally, I take just about everything in stride. A lot of the news throughout this country the past two weeks has had me embarrassed, but yet concerned about our country. And even when it trickles into the sports world, which is my field of expertise, then I really have a lot to say. But first off, I just need to express how much I appreciate and value you guys, my listeners, followers. You wouldn't be here for my bland vanilla takes on what's going on, especially in the world of sports. Now, you know me, I call it like I see it. Not just for today, but every day. And as we know, some shows will have more fire than others, but it doesn't negate the fact that putting forth a quality, entertaining, and informative podcast is the goal each and every time. Now, despite not posting my AMA or Ask Me Anything podcast as I had previously scheduled last Thursday, and of course I stated that in the podcast on Monday, I felt the timing wasn't right. Too much is going on in the country. I felt that that could have been put to the back burner. It's just an Ask Me Anything podcast. I do appreciate the people who have sent me questions, and I want people to keep sending me questions on all of my social media sites, which I'll detail at the end, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., But this show is a responsibility to you, the guys and gals who do listen to me. I'm here for the long haul. You know I've built this platform for over two years and I have no intention of slowing down. 
So whether this is the very first time you're tuning in, the 10th, 50th, or even now the 135th time, many thanks again for supporting and rocking with me throughout each and every one of these episodes. And I will say that the best is yet to come. Now, where do I begin? So much has taken place in the sports world and race over the last seven days, I could pretty much do the whole show on it. And this isn't to deter, this isn't to upset the apple cart. As I say each and every time, I speak from the heart and I speak from a place of realism. Not trying to sensationalize, not trying to get that clickbait material, although of course I want people to listen to what it is that I have to say, but I'm not going to say anything that isn't the truth. I'm not going to say anything just to say it and hope that people will listen to it and then it'll spread like wildfire where my credibility is going to be taken to task. Uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. But with all that has transpired in the last week, there are a few people that need to get shouted out here. And I'm going to start from the very top, or at least from what I deem is the very top that ignited this whole week when it comes to race, police brutality, etc., in this country over the last seven days. So to kick this off, I'm starting with Drew Brees. Now we all know Drew's been a good guy in this league for several years. He's going on, I believe, his 18th or 19th season in this league. We all know his resume. We know he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. We get that. But his comments on Wednesday regarding disrespecting the flag, that he's not going to do that, that his grandfathers had served in World War II. And he did this on Yahoo Finance of all channels, all networks. Not to say he had to speak to someone from ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or somewhere in the sports world, but to have somebody from Yahoo Finance and credit to that guy, I'm not going to knock him or his network, but of all places, for him to speak and have these quotes come on that particular platform was certainly a surprise, but be that as it may. So by him saying about people disrespecting the flag and not using the name Colin Kaepernick, but we all know that there's a tie-in when it comes to the anthem and disrespecting the flag. And when that whole thing conjures up, you just think about what took place four years ago when he was in the league. But of course, that ticked off not only players throughout the league, but the players in his own locker room. Malcolm Jenkins came out with that, I believe, Instagram video about four or five minutes. Very emotional. And we all know he's been at the forefront of this whole social injustice, police brutality, even going back as far as three, four years ago. Several players throughout the league expressing their displeasure over what Drew had to say and what that may do for a Saint locker room that despite training camp not scheduled to open up until the end of July, but obviously a lot of damage and a lot of repair that's going to have to take place between now and then. And Bree since then has come out with not one, but two apologies. And public opinion is going to look at those apologies as a little bit contrived, produced. And some people may want to forgive him, some people won't. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, based on those two apologies, no, we know what's in his heart, whatever. And listen, I don't spend time with the guy I don't know what he's like. As I said at the top, he has been a good guy in this league. Obviously, he's donated his time and his money to the city of New Orleans in light of Katrina and even just recently $5 million towards 
the city of New Orleans for COVID-19. And as much as he wants to take those words back, he can't, even with 100 apologies. So what he's going to have to do from here on out is look in the mirror to see who that individual is and hoping that whatever he can do moving forward to listen to his teammates, to interact with them, and even to be contrite with them. Obviously, that's something that he has to do and build from here on out. Now, it wasn't right. In that video that Malcolm Jenkins produced last week, he mentioned that his grandfather also served in World War II. Didn't get heroes welcome, I'm sure, the way maybe Drew Brees' grandfathers both did. And that's where the comments by Brees were out of line. I understand that the flag is a touchy subject here in this country. For some, and probably for most. But that flag represents freedom. Freedom of speech. Freedom of anything. So that means if you want to stand... Sit, kneel, whatever. You're not going to offend me. I'm sure if you're a dying wool American, you don't look at it that way because you feel as if, oh, I have to stand for the flag. I have to do this. But no, that flag is supposed to represent everything. It's supposed to paint that broad stroke, not just that one closed-minded with blinders to think that, okay, well, if we're supposed to do it this way, then everybody has to do it this way. It's not the case. So Breeze... Out of line, made his apologies. Okay, let's just hope we don't get another round of this. I'm sure he's going to be open-eyed and open-minded and certainly listen from all angles of the locker room and beyond because life doesn't revolve around 53 guys in a locker room each and every Sunday. That's his profession, we know that, but there's going to come a time where he's going to be out of that spotlight on the field. And then for NBC, and I called them out the other day, I understand that it's probably going to be a year from this time before he becomes an analyst on the network, whether he's going to be in the booth, whether he's going to be at the studio, who knows. I'm a little bit surprised based on some of the reactions from other things, which I'll get into in a minute, how NBC didn't pull the plug on that. Maybe the apology was enough. Maybe they looked at it from a standpoint as, hey, we know Drew's a good guy. We've been interacting with him over the years. This wasn't something that they woke up in the middle of the night and said, hey, Drew, you want to be a part of our family? Here, sign this contract and away we go. But at the same time, in light of certain things that have taken place with players tied to endorsements and CrossFit, which is one of the things I'm going to get to a little bit later on, and how they pretty much torpedoed their own movement. Now, of course, people are probably still going to do CrossFit, but I digress. I'll get to that in a second. But NBC, look, they're going to stand by it. They're going to stand by Drew. Okay, fine. If it was me, I would have said sayonara. We'll find somebody else. Right away, Drew Brees is going to be the next Howard Cosell. So, next up is Roger Goodell. The only thing I have to say in reference to Mr. Commissioner of the NFL is you're three years too late, my guy. Now, all of a sudden, you want to come out with a video stating how much I need to listen to the players, how we, the National Football League, do not condone racism, blah, 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 police brutality, the whole nine yards. But as we all know, that at the end of the day, when it comes to this guy, it isn't black, it isn't white, it's green. It's all about the money. Because that's what it was back then, and this is what it is now. 
Now he wants to save face by putting out this video in light of the NFL coming out with their video as far as the players are concerned with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I believe that video came out maybe Wednesday night or Thursday morning, somewhere around there. So then all of a sudden, Roger Goodell then piggybacks on that and then comes out with his own video in the basement of his palatial estate somewhere in Westchester County. Oh yeah, now it's okay to come out and do that? Come out and say that? And now all of a sudden he wants to act like Adam Silver to listen to the players? That's why the NBA has it right when it comes to the commissioner and their players. Now, at the end of the day, the commissioner is going to work for the owners. He's going to look after them first and foremost. I mean, that's his job. But Adam Silver certainly has a pulse of the players knowing that he has to listen for both sides to coexist. Unlike baseball, which that will get to down the road. Baseball, they are just fractured beyond belief. But we understand that that goes back generations. Whereas David Stern certainly was the bridge to everything that took place from the 80s, 90s, into the 2000s. And then now Adam Silver, who is taking this into the next generation, not only has it right, but has done it right from the very second he stepped in David Stern's shoes. Whereas Roger Goodell, forget it. You could give him a GPS, a map, and a magnifying glass, and he still wouldn't know what to do with it to try to connect himself with the players. Now, here's the potential problem that lies with what Goodell said. Fine, he came out with his video, and whether it was sincere or not, hey, that's upon your discretion. I'm not going to be here to judge that. He came out with a statement. To me, like I said, it's three years too late. Okay? But the two things that are going to I'm certainly going to have my antenna raised high to the sky when it comes to this. A, is he going to stand up to the president after his latest tweet about disrespecting the flag in the country? Because you know he's going to be relentless in his pursuit here. We know that the president, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to call him by name. The president has a hard-on for the NFL. Let's call it as you see it. And he is going to attack, attack, attack. He's not going to let up. And we all heard about what Adrian Peterson said that himself and he's sure that many players are going to kneel once the season is going to begin. If it does begin on time, etc. You would think as of right now, it may be considering that the country is slowly but surely opening up. Even New York City has started phase one of opening up. So who knows? Maybe we could start September off on a good note as far as the NFL is concerned. So now that it's on record that one of the players have come out And stated that he's going to kneel. And you would think countless more are going to do so. The two things he needs to do. And he needs to do it pronto. Is this. He needs to convey this message to the 32 owners. Not now. Immediately if not sooner. So whether it's the president. Fans. Although they may not be present. Who knows if we're going to have fans in the building. But you know that there's going to be some backlash. He needs to convey that. To them. Quick fast in a hurry. He's going to have to go to send a memo to all 32 of these owners to say, hey, listen, guys, I put out this video and I'm sure he probably talked to the owners about this before releasing it, I would think, unless he did it on his own volition. And if he did, good for him. But he needs to get on the horn with these guys now to say, this is what's going to happen here come September. These players are not going to just stand pat for the national anthem. They're going to kneel here. We're going to have to accept this and we're going to have to unite here as opposed to divide. And if the fans are going to have any backlash, then so be it. Because again, 
the end of the day, we know Roger Goodell is all about green. And so are the owners. And please, these owners' grandkids' grandkids won't be able to spend the fortune that these owners make throughout the course of the league. So you know what? If you're going to lose a few fans here and there, so be it. You got to do what's right. Not do what's, oh, what's going to make money for the league. Please. The league makes money hand over fist, as we all know. And then secondly, Goodell, after this statement, he cannot, by 100%, any means necessary, cannot turn his back on the players after this video message. He can't. There is no way that he can make this statement and then let's just say every player in the league, even Patrick Mahomes, let's say Patrick Mahomes is going to lead the brigade. I'm going to kneel. Aaron Rodgers, the stars of the game, whether they're the new young stars of the game or the aging veterans, even the Tom Brady's of the world. Not to say he's going to do it, but my point is is that if the whole league is going to do it, he's going to have to be there in unison at the 50-yard line doing the same thing. He can't say, oh, wait, well, guys, we can't do this. This is not right. It's not good. Then his message meant nothing. So Roger Goodell right now, not that he's going to be put on blast at this very second, but let's see at that first preseason game. Steelers-Cowboys, the Hall of Fame game, I believe August 8th or whatever the date is. Let's see what's going to happen then. Next up, Major League Baseball. I'll get into the strife between the players and owners a little bit later on, but in reference to race here, I get that you have bigger coconuts to crack, but to release a statement regarding the fight for equality, race, etc., three days after the other major sports leagues had already done so is an absolute disgrace. I mean, what happened there? Who dropped the ball? Was your PR department in the Caribbean when this happened? Were you guys hiding under a rock? Hoping that the whole thing would go away? What what went on there? All the other major leagues. I don't know about the MLS. I don't know about NASCAR, etc. I know NASCAR Solidarity yesterday, which was nice to see. They had one of a racing event, I believe, somewhere. North Carolina, South Carolina. And you had one of the African-American riders. He had an I Can't Breathe shirt and everybody standing full attention, etc. But I don't know if any what any of the other leagues have done, but NBA, NFL, NHL, they all came out with statements by Sunday night. And then Major League Baseball releases one on Wednesday? Oh, well, what happened? And I understand there's something going on here with the players and owners. They're trying to get on the same page. Fine, I get that. But somebody in your PR department within hours couldn't come out with some sort of statement to release to the world about Major League Baseball saying that, hey, we're in this fight together for social justice, equality, race, etc. Not even. Uh, to me, it's, well, how did that happen? Major League Baseball. And again, I don't want to hear, well, hey, you got to understand what they're going through. The players and owners are trying to work things out to get the players on the field. No, right now, that is a Royal Rumble that's taking place in the Major League Baseball offices right now. And I don't want to hear, oh, that's the last thing they're thinking about. No. Again, all that would have taken would have been an hour for somebody from the department just to type up a some sort of statement, release it, and that's it. So to me, there is absolutely zero excuse. So shame on them. That was just an abomination. And this stuff has trickled down big time. I mentioned CrossFit a little while ago. And CrossFit is a huge movement. I'm sure there's a ton of people. My cousin, Nancy, does CrossFit. And you kind of wonder what this is going to mean for some people. Now, again, 
nobody's going to stop going to CrossFit. There's people that are entrenched with this particular... It's not my exercise of choice. And I'm not knocking it by any stretch. I understand it is brutal. It is grueling, etc. Which a lot of workouts are. But considering what their CEO said yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, about comparing COVID-19 to George Floyd's death. I mean, can you make it up? You know, saying racism is a public health issue, Floyd-19. I mean... Yeah, you can't make it up. Greg Glassman, so he loses Reebok. And Reebok is huge because they supply a lot of the apparel. And of course, the CrossFit Games, which you see out on, I believe, ESPN2, which is held in Carson, California. Of course, they're the probably the biggest sponsor for the CrossFit Games. They're out. Rogue, who is part of the, I believe, apparel, but more so the equipment company, weight equipment. You get the dumbbells, the plates, etc., for weightlifting, they pulled out. So now let's see what uh, CrossFit's going to do here as far as gaining any sponsorships concerned because those two were giants in that field and you could say goodbye to them. The MLS was also affected, not necessarily by the league itself, but one of the players from the LA Galaxy had to be released because of his wife's racial comments on social media in regards to killing protesters and Calling them disgusting cattle. I mean, don't you think that you would be a little bit wise? No matter how much you may be feeling inside, it may not be wise or smart to post this. But I guess it's good because then the truth is out so we know the type of person she is. And where her mind is, just one track. Can't go left, can't go right, can't expand. And listen, if Alexander Katai, who's the player's name on the Galaxy... If he and his wife were here to try to defend themselves, I mean, the, the, first of all, the comments are indefensible. But at the same time, it's like, you just jeopardized your husband's career. And the funny thing is, it, it didn't even come from him. But it just goes to show you how this league in particular, they're not going to even tolerate the wife's comments. So imagine if the mom, the dad, the brother, the sister, if he, you know, has siblings, etc. What would happen if they said anything? So that set a precedence in that regard, not just to sweep it under the rug or just to say, hey, her thoughts or feelings do not coincide with the league or the player or whatever. Those are strictly her comments where they could just push that aside and leave it be. No, they pulled the plug on that dude's career with the quickness. And listen, I understand people could say, oh, but that was his wife. That's not right. Well, there's the association. I mean, could you imagine if your wife or girlfriend or even boyfriend for that matter, let's say goes to your workplace and causes a ruckus in your workplace saying that, oh, you're doing this to my husband or you're doing this to my girlfriend and tweeting out nasty things about the company or the people in the company or calling them certain names, epithets, whatever it is. Sorry to say, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever it may be is going to be out the door along with the significant other. And that's all there is to it. So before you can start saying, oh, hey, it's his wife. You know, he shouldn't have lost his job over that. Well, maybe she shouldn't have come out and said those comments, especially on social media where the whole world could see it. And again, I don't care how many apologies you put out on your hands and knees. Sorry, too late. Next up, the Fox News woman. I will not say her name. 
because her name deserves zero mention. I'll also say she's easy to pound on here because we know what her agenda is. We know that she's just doing this. Who knows why she's doing it? She's just trying to piss off certain people. Okay, well, obviously she's successful, but at the same time, considering the source where it's coming from, you just kind of brush it off your shoulder. But the reason why I bring her up is because going back to Drew Brees' comments, if you recall a couple of years back, that interview with Carrie Champion, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant in the Uber car, and LeBron speaking out against the president and what's going on in this country, and then the famous words that were uttered by this Fox News woman, oh, just shut up and dribble. But then now we fast forward to Drew Brees' comments, and all we hear from her is like, well, hey, he's entitled to his opinion. Ah, so it's good for one, but it's not good for the other. I mean, I don't know what's worse. Her being allowed on TV or the executives that sign her checks to allow her to state these mindless comments. I mean, how is this credible? How is she credible? And that's the part that has me furious because let's face it, at the end of the day, she's a crumb. A stale, crusty crumb at the bottom of the toaster who has about as much credibility than a broken doorknob. Listen, she's in bed with them, with Fox, and we don't know what type of agenda that they push. So that's a marriage made in heaven. But for her to come out and say that Drew Brees is entitled to have an opinion based on two years ago, LeBron shut up and dribble? What happened to shut up and pass the football? No, that was nowhere to be heard in sight. So you know what? Please, uh, enough with her. Next, Grant Napier. People wonder, who's Grant Napier? He's a guy that's actually a local guy, I believe from Long Island. But he was the radio guy, or I believe the TV guy, play-by-play announcer for the Sacramento Kings. And has been doing so for 32 years. Now, he stepped down after a Twitter war with DeMarcus Cousins, who was a former Sacramento King. And you got to call it as I see it. Now, Cousins must have had a his own agenda with Grant Napier because he baited him into the whole Black Lives Matter thing with everything that's obviously going on in the country and he must have sent a tweet in his direction to say, hey, what do you got to say about this now? And then Grant Napier comes out and he writes in all caps, all lives matter. Now we know the all lives matter has been a lightning rod throughout this country. And see, this is the problem. With people saying that. Now mind you. I am far from a history teacher. I am far from a philosopher. But again this goes back to right and wrong. Do all lives matter? Of course all lives matter. We get that. We understand. Or you know what? For the first time in 135 episodes. I'm just going to come out and say it. No shit. So for any families or kids that are listening out there. I apologize ahead of time. Or after the fact. You know what I mean. But what people fail to understand is that this hasn't been going on with African-Americans for 2020, you know, just this year, or in the last five years, 10 years, 100 years, even 250 years. This has been going on for well over 400 years. And people who not even for one second would trade to walk a foot, let alone a mile in their shoes, and cannot grasp the unfortunate magnitude of such, 
Those folks need to look in the mirror to realize that the problem is staring right back at them. Don't speak. Just listen. Don't just ask. Do the research. Whether you love or hate Spike Lee, and I'm just using him for example, watch Do the Right Thing. And everybody was up in arms when that movie came out 31 years ago because of what Mookie did, the character that Spike Lee played, by throwing the garbage can, spoiler alert, through the window of the Italian-American-owned pizzeria. But what ensued was the person, Radio Rahim, being attacked by the police in a chokehold and died. Again, 31 years ago. Art imitating life. So for those who have their blinders on, maybe this is the time to open those up. To educate yourself. There's a search engine called Google. So instead of shopping for things that you don't need, with money that you probably don't have, to impress people for the sake of vanity, how about doing something uncomfortable but yet highly productive? Because if you didn't know or didn't care, change never happens in a comfort zone. And we all know that. So you want to lose weight? You want to train for a marathon? You want to learn more about your country's history? Well, guess what? You're going to have to roll up your sleeves and do so and put in the work. You never know. You may actually learn something and open your mind about it all in the process. Doesn't hurt to show some growth, right? And that's where people fail when it comes to the whole all lives matter comment. Because it rings hollow. Again, just as I detailed, they never, I never walked in an African-American shoes. That at any given day, I could walk out of my apartment and not only be harassed by cops, but tased, tear gassed, and possibly even die at the hands of the police. And just for one second, people who aren't African-American can't put themselves in their shoes to think that, oh, geez. Now, I may, not, I may not ever get it, and I will never understand, but if I put myself in that situation, in that predicament, that yes, just by going outside, minding my own business, could be the last day of my life, and I could go for anybody, I get that, but just at the hands of the cops, the people that are supposed to protect and serve, got to get a clue, people. And then the last thing on this before I get to sports I saw a post on Instagram that details 2020. And for those out there, I'm going to pull it up and read it to you guys because it does ring true. And I've been one, even last week, when I was talking about my zero of the week and getting into what's going to happen next. Is it going to be a situation where it's Independence Day and the aliens are finally going to come on down and it's going to be us against the aliens and that's going to be the only time where we're going to unite And come together as citizens of this country to stick up for one another. And not look at color as a barrier. Well, here's what this post said. So what if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awaking us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 
2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. And you know what? I 1,000% agree with that. Just like I said in my rant last week, you, I, yours truly, hand raised high in the air, we all can do better. And that's the thing about most of society today is that people don't want to change because they do not want to be uncomfortable. They don't want to have to break from the norm. They don't want to expand. Just like I said a couple of seconds ago, I don't need to reiterate it. I don't need to rehash it. But the bottom line is, if a change is going to come, whether it's for you personally, and that's where I hope it would start for each and every one of us, personally, inside. Look from in and then go out. Because if you can't do that, then you're going to be stuck in the same place forever. And as I close this out, I just hope that with everything that's gone on in this country for this year, and you know what? I'm going to look at it as a blessing. I understand that people are going to be upset. Oh, this year sucked. Oh, this year this. Oh, this year that. Oh, I can't stand it. Oh, get me to to 2021. What makes you think 2021 is going to be any better? And what makes you think that on the other side of the calendar is going to be green grass, blossom flowers, sunlight, confetti, unicorns, and rainbows? We don't know that. So take what you've experienced so far And channel that in a direction towards positivity. And what it's not only done for you, but also what can you do for others. Because that's how, not only this world's going to get better, but that's where the change really comes from. All right, let's get to some sports here before we bid adieu. And I'm going to start off with the baseball. Uh, What can I say? Here we are on June 8th. Unless something... Shocking happens over the course of the next, I'll say, 48 to 72 hours. We are not looking at a baseball season starting on July 4th. Because you would think by, let's say, the 11th, we'll take it to Thursday, if they come to an agreement, it's still going to be from that point on three and a half weeks. Can they stretch out pitchers? Can they get players ready to not only report, but also play some exhibition games? During that time to where they can go ahead and start a season over that July 4th weekend. Now, mind you, July 4th is a Saturday, so you would think, I think if they start on a Saturday, fine. Let the season start then. That's great. It would be perfect if it started Friday the 3rd because then you could start your three-game series on that day, which is usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, the one thing is, we don't know, will these teams report to their spring training facilities? Now, mind you, it's already June in Florida where we all know it's rainy season. We all know it's 90 degrees with the humidity through the roof. Arizona, on a cool afternoon, it's 110 in the shade. Are they going to report to their major league facilities since a lot of these facilities are starting to open up here throughout the country? And are they going to play exhibition games? Like, for instance, are the Mets going to play the Yankees in a few exhibition games between, let's say, if they do come to an agreement, June 11th, through July 4th? Does that mean the Phillies are going to play the Orioles or the Orioles and Nats? You get the picture. What is going to happen here? I'm sure all those details need to be ironed out. But the biggest elephant in the room is going to be the deal between the players and owners as far as how many games are going to be played and how the players are going to be paid. And that's it. Is it going to be 48 games? Is it going to be 65 games? 
Can they squeeze in the 82 games? Now remember, last week, the players proposed an 114-game schedule. Obviously, they want to try to make as much money as they can. Pro-rated salary, of course, where the owners, they just laughed at. And then the owners came back with a 48-game schedule saying, okay, you want pro-rated salaries? No problem. We're going to give you a 48-game schedule. However, this shakes down two things. One, I believe there's going to be a season because it is collectively bargained up until the end of next year. And that's a whole other set of encyclopedias. But the players and owners have to play this year. Can they sit out? Oh, they can. It's not to say they can't. But that's certainly not going to bode well going into 2021 when it's the last year of the CBA. So I would think that there are going to be games played based on the agreement that was signed, I guess, what, back in 2015? That they're going to have to play games? But we all know, even 82 games is a joke. But we get COVID-19 kicked us in the rear end, and now here we are just waiting to agree on both sides so we could get this season started. So whether it's 82 games, 50 games, 48 games, I'm going to say right now, I can't stand it. I hate it. I could live with 82 games considering the circumstances. Anything less than that is going to be an absolute joke. That's like having an NFL season of six games. Or even worse, four games. But I'll say six because that's about 40% or close to 40% of the season. Where if the baseball has a 50-game season, that's a little less than a third. Which is, it's a, come on, it's preposterous. And I'm going to hate it. Of course, I'm going to follow it, but it's not going to be the same. This year is going to have a giant asterisk. Whoever wins the World Series, even if the Mets win the World Series this year, will I be happy? I guess I will, but at the same time, I'll be like, well, I'm going to play 48 games. Does it count in the record books? It does, but we all know it's a joke. So, we'll see. Certainly not holding my breath, but I would think, considering that the NBA and NHL or getting ready to ramp up their seasons and postseasons. Major League Baseball, I don't think, will be far behind. Meaning that they'll probably start a season somewhere mid to late July. Who knows? Could even be August. But I think that they're going to have some agreement at some point. When? Who knows? I couldn't tell you. But it's just... Uh, what could you say? It's an atrocity. It just is. And I understand it may sound strong. Oh, J-Real's only baseball. I get it. But it's just players talk about, oh, I want to play the game I love. And some players have come out and said that. Not a lot. Some have come out and said that. But you know, if that's the case, then you just do it. That's it. This is circumstances that were unforeseen to anybody. And I understand it may be easy for me to say because I'm not the one that's out there risking my health or not getting the full pay, whatever. But hey, if this is the game you love, then why not go out there? Considering that there are 40 million Americans that are unemployed and considering that there's social injustice and civil unrest throughout this country, you know, hey, maybe a little respite from all that would be for the players to go back. But we know that's not going to be the case. All right, so the NBA and NHL, I'll start with the NBA first. They're looking at a July 31st start date. Now, the vote was in 29-1, to Portland being the only team that wasn't in favor of the season coming back. Now, 22 teams are going to converge in Orlando. And the parameters are 
1,600 people will be a part of this bubble in that wide world of sports complex down in Disney. So that means not only just the players, coaches, I guess you're going to have some PR people there, medical staff, equipment, etc. But also with family members, I believe you can only have up to three family members. So obviously wife, two kids. If you have more than two kids, I guess they're going to have to test those kids or shuttle them in there. I don't know. But those were the early guidelines as far as how this is going to shape up here down in Orlando when it comes to all the personnel that could be present at one time throughout the course of this playoff. Now, as far as the teams, there's 22 teams. The teams that are out of it, the Golden States of the world, the Knicks, they're not going to qualify. But they have incorporated the bottom few teams on the West outside of the eight seed in Memphis. So you're looking at New Orleans, Portland, I believe San Antonio. So you have those few teams that are going to be part of this mix where they're going to finish out games to determine where they fall in the top eight. And let's face it, it's only to give New Orleans an opportunity because they want to see Zion there and have the Pelicans go up against the Lakers, which would be a juicy first round. We all know that the Pelicans are going to be sacrificial lambs there, but knowing that it's the young guard with Zion, Brandon Ingram, who had an all-star year, go up against, as we all know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, who was a former member of the Pelicans. So they want to have that juicy storyline if possible. That's why they have New Orleans as part of this mix. But then, you know, San Antonio, like I mentioned, and also Portland. And then in the East, I believe they're bringing the Wizards in to battle against the Nets because I believe they were three and a half games behind the final spot. So they're going to break this down and work on the standings more so done by winning percentage as opposed to how many games above or below 500 they are. And remember, there is an imbalance there because you have certain teams that have played less games than others. Like the Spurs have played 63 games and you had the Mavericks play 67. But in the end, they'll be able to come up with a plan to say these are going to be the top eight teams. Right, we gave a chance for the East and the West, the bottom teams to try to get themselves in the tournament. But if that's not going to be the case, then they're going to go with the top eight teams and away we go. I thought it'd be interesting if they did a one through 16, like the old days. But I understand the NHL, they're going to do one through eight. Remember, they're doing 12 in each conference, starting off with five versus 12 in the East and West, best of five. And then they're going to move from there to the next four rounds being best of seven. So the NBA wasn't going to adopt any best of fives I believe they are. as of today they have not discussed about a best of five opening series for the NBA playoffs but with the NHL they're going to do so but again that's because of the extra round so the NBA that's what you're going to have here come the 31st and who knows what the health guidelines are going to be I'm sure it's going to be something similar to what we've seen here with the Major League Baseball health memo but remember everybody's going to be in that hub in that bubble there in Orlando so we just have to wait and see what other rules regulations will roll out here between now and you would think probably the middle of next month and quickly with the NHL as I mentioned they're going to have a first round best of five the hubs have not been determined as of yet I know last week I mentioned a lot of them are going to be out west I said one was in Carolina the other is actually in Pittsburgh I guess Pittsburgh has a lot of hotels and facilities that they could house the players, personnel, etc., families. 
But right now, you would think Edmonton could be at the top of that. Remember, they had the two rinks. They had the old Northlands Coliseum, which I believe was Rex Hall Place. And then the current building now, I believe, is the Rogers Center. Or Rogers Place, whatever it is. They could also use Vegas as a hub where we thought maybe the NBA would use that. But we all know now it's going to be in Orlando. So Commissioner Bettman at some point is going to release where these hubs will be. I'm sure they're still monitoring COVID cases in these areas to see that despite they could quarantine these players, the families, personnel, etc., they want to make sure that they could go in there full throttle and not have to worry about the potential of cases still floating out there. And we all know that it's still floating out there regardless, but they want to try to get their sport in a place where they know it's going to be safe for at least two months so they can crown a champion. I mean, that's the bottom line. And then for Max Kellerman, I got to call him out. And I got nothing against him. Kellerman is a guy who, if you don't know, cut his teeth in Manhattan Public Access. Is a boxing historian. He is now our modern-day Burt Sugar. For those who don't know Burt Sugar, look him up. He was an old boxing historian who had the cigar and the hat. Died a few years ago. But for him to come out and say, and he comes out with the craziest statements and comments. And Stephen A, for that matter, does too. As we know, I've gotten on his case. But it's a shame how he's going to come out and say, and even though I, listen, people can say, well, Jay Reels, you do the same thing. The only four hockey fans in this town, whatever. But of course, I'm exaggerating to the utmost because we all know there's more than four hockey fans in some of these towns, whether they're in Florida for the Panthers or in Columbus for the Blue Jackets, et cetera. You know, teams that aren't hockey hotbeds, let's face it. But when he comes out to say that in Dallas, let's say, that there are only 20,000 hockey fans in that town and they're all season ticket holders. Is he right about that? And there may be some truth to that because we all know hockey is regional depending on where you're at. Obviously, in Detroit, it's enormous. Toronto, forget about Canada. It's, it's enormous throughout the whole country. But at the same time, for him to come out and say that, listen, everybody knows how I feel about the NHL. If there's anybody that's down on the NHL, it's me. But at the same time, for him to come out and just try to shoot darts at it on a network and certainly on a show where they never, ever talk about hockey. They, if any, rarely talk about baseball. We all know that that show, First Take, is all basketball and football-centric. Because I could... Go on that show today and say that three days ago, the legend of Bob Probert was born 55 years ago. And they wouldn't know who Bob Probert is if you threw a fight DVD, threw his jersey on the table. And yeah, they may laugh at me and say, oh, nobody cares about this. Who cares? Uh, Guess what? There are people who do care. Me included. And a ton of other people that I know in those circles that know a lot about Bob Probert fighting in the league the days of hockey yesteryear and even from Mike Milbury who just recently went on Twitter Mike Milbury the old Boston Bruin defenseman not as tough as he was portrayed let's face it we all know those teams were Terry O'Reilly John Wensick Stan Jonathan etc but for Milbury to come out and he even bashed Kellerman Saying that, oh, you think hockey is bad? Well, ask Charles Barkley how 
playoff hockey is, and I bet you have a different take on that. Playoff hockey is intense and as exciting as it can be as far as thrills. I get that. But to compare hockey in 2020 to when the days he played is night and day. Because I even had to tweet at him to say, Mike, I see where you're coming from, but you cannot compare the playoff hockey today to the one you played. Because the, the days when you played, that was a man's game. You had to work for every inch on that ice. You had to scratch, claw, fight your way to a Stanley Cup. Here, you, you get a slash on your wrist and uh, you crumble to the ice. It's almost like soccer. Diving calls and penalties. I mean, it's, please, night and day. So before, and I understand he's going to support the NHL. That's his league. He doesn't want anybody to interfere with that. But I'm sorry, Milbury, to compare that to this, uh, no, 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 no. That's why I had to step in. Nonsense. And good for Linda Cohn. I know she's stuck up for the NHL. She's a huge Ranger fan and gave Max a piece of her mind and good for her. But for Kellerman to come out, not only just to pick on hockey, because it's easy to pick on. I get it. I do it all the time, people. Without question. But just for the reasons that I explained, I just thought that he needed to ease back on that. And then to wrap up here, UFC, Conor McGregor, he retires again. Is that news? Uh, I guess it is. His quote, I have no excitement for the game. You know, going through all these opponent options, there's nothing there, so I'm stepping down. So, you know what that means? He's going to unretire. Because if he has nobody to fight and has no excitement to fight anybody, then it's easy for him. That's his easy out. Ah, you know, I'm going to do something else. Ah, you know, it's just not in it for me. Once people start coming up the ranks or once maybe people call out McGregor, yeah, he's retiring now because he doesn't want to face me, whatever, then I bet you, as long as the payday's there, you know he's going to come back. I mean, please. You got to take those words with a grain of salt. And I'm not breaking any news here, but to explain, read between the lines in those comments, it says that there's nobody out there to fight until there is somebody. And whomever that somebody's going to be that hopefully steps it up and says, yeah, McGregor, he's lucky he left now because I would have wiped the floor clean with him. Then, oh, okay, whole different ballgame then. And as long as the dollar amount is to his liking, then let's get it. And also props to Amanda Nunez for dominating over Felicia Spencer. I didn't watch the fight. Amanda Nunez now, I believe she's probably the toughest woman on the circuit there. You see her in the Modelo commercials and I guess a couple of the commercials that are out there. So kudos to her. And now to get to my hero and zero of the week. My hero of the week is Wes Unseld. The former Washington Bullet died at the age of 74 last week. He's the second player, one of two players I should say, in the history of the league who is a rookie of the year and an MVP of the same season. The only other person, Will Chamberlain. Unseld was a great force inside, ton of rebounds, not a big scorer. He only averaged 11.8 points per game, but was one of the great big men passers in the game, especially the outlet pass. Was a brute force inside, physical, intimidating, but had the heart of a gentle giant. A lot of things that I heard about him over the last week were nothing but glowing, just a great man. 
Won a championship there in 1978. Played in four NBA Finals, which to think it kind of goes under the radar in the decade of the 70s because that's when the sport started to fizzle out a little bit. Russell was gone. Chamberlain was gone. The Celtics were winning here and there. But the Bullets, formerly of Baltimore, then Washington, made it to four NBA champion chip rounds there in the decade of the 70s. And he did win the one against Seattle. The other three obviously lost. Leaving us all too soon, just like many of the other sports luminaries in this year. He is my hero of the week. And my zero of the week, I got to go back to this one last time, people. Texas State coach Danny Casper. He's a basketball coach where two of his former players came out on Thursday stating that the coach had directed racially insensitive stereotypes and ethnic jokes at the players. Uh, Listen, I can't even repeat them because they're just this awful. But he tried to push them with these stereotypes and insults where I I just, like, again, it goes back to how do you make this up? You can't. And we understand it's Texas State. You know, it's not a huge university. It's not a big basketball program. But he gets called out and goes back to looking in the mirror, people. Like I've said, look in the mirror. Make a change. Look dead at it. And look again. And again and again and again. Anyway, Danny Casper is my zero of the week. All right, people. It was a wild ride. I know some weeks are higher than others. Uh, This was one week. That uh, was a layup. And I hope you enjoyed it. I know it may have been a lot. I know you want to listen to sports and listen to what I have to say. And if it conjured up any of the trauma that you went through or just trying to divert from what you see on the news ahead of time, listen, if it wasn't for that, this show would have been probably 10 minutes. I would have extended a little bit further, but you get my point. But with that being said, if you did enjoy it, Kudos to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to what it is I have to say. And uh, also, in turn, if you can, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast among the many others that are out there. Of course, I need your participation just to get the word out to increase the visibility of this one amongst the many others that are out there, as you all know, and generate interest from those outside who aren't familiar with the J-Rails podcast. So whether that's the former athlete, the current athlete, the sports writer, broadcaster, the blogger, whomever it may be, Because the more you send those positive comments and give me four to five stars and know that the J-Rolls podcast is out there, will bring and attract those guests to this podcast. Because what I want to do eventually, people, is make this twice a week. Monday, you get my State of the Union on sports. And then Wednesday or Thursday, chances are more likely Thursday, you'll get my second podcast, whomever that guest may be. And before I even get to the social media sites where you can contact me on, Go to the website, jreels.com. I've updated it with a few things, some photos in my gallery uh, on my days of the precious few that I had with the XFL. So you may get a kick out of that as well as updating the bio and also the upcoming shows, which you won't want to miss is this coming Thursday. I'm going to have former Georgetown center and NBA veteran Jahadi White. We're going to discuss about his days at Georgetown and also what it was like to be a teammate and have Michael Jordan as a boss. So you definitely do not want to miss out on that this coming Thursday somewhere, I would say maybe in about the 2 o'clock hour. Then the following week, I'm going to have former NHLer, four-time Stanley Cup winner, Kevin McClelland. He was a tough guy in the 80s, and man, that was a great conversation I had with him, talking about what it was like to play for the Oilers 
him playing in the league, fighting against the toughest opponents there. Uh, I get into it all with him, and that was just a fascinating conversation. Both of them were great. But for the hockey fight fan that's out there, that's one you definitely don't want to miss. That'll be the following week. And then my Ask Me Anything podcast, which I wanted to release last week, but again, with everything that's going on, I felt it wasn't important to do so. I will release that probably the week after that. So for anybody that has any questions, comments, criticism, praise, whatever it may be, please send it all down. I'm going to put it on that podcast. I've received a lot of questions so far, but the more the merrier. And you could do so by sending those questions to the following, whether it's on Instagram at JReels or the JReels podcast. On Twitter, JReels1, just a number. On Facebook, the fan page is the JReels podcast. And if you want to send me an email the old-fashioned way, you could do so at the JReels podcast at gmail.com. Again, send those questions to me. That podcast will be probably later on in the month. And you'll also be kept abreast of everything that's going on with me, the podcast, etc. on any of those social media accounts. So please stay tuned for any further news on that as well as the website. Like I said, people at the very top, I'm not going anywhere. I enjoy doing what I do. This is pretty much something I've loved since birth. And when you're as passionate as I am to talk about these things, I'm just glad that I have listeners and followers like yourself to listen to everything that I have to say about what's going on in the world of the diamond, the world of the ice, the world of gridiron, the world of hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court, you name it. From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx to South Beach to South Central to South Pacific and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. And until this coming Thursday here on the J Reels podcast, on the flip, baby.